0: What would you give to increase sales by 8% of your restaurant? Restaurants leveraging the power of Yelp Guest Manager paired with Yelp ads enjoy up to an 8% monthly lift in diner bookings through Yelp. It makes sense, right? Millions of people use Yelp every day to find restaurants, and they're using that same trusted platform to book reservations and add themselves to wait lists. Your restaurant could be busier today. To learn more, visit restaurants.yelp.com forward slash podcast or call 877-571-9357 and quote podcast. Yelp internal data 2021 based on average results from a sample study of restaurants with guest manager that purchased Yelp ads between April and July 2021 in Los Angeles, San Francisco and New York City. Results may vary.
1: Now here we go. Ultimately, I think the goal is like, how do you make every customer feel like a regular? And I think a really strong data operation allows you to do that because if you walk in and say, hey, Josh, it's good to see you, are you gonna have that Cajun Flay biscuit again? Versus you walking in and saying, oh, what can I serve you today? It changes that whole experience.
0: Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. Maybe we're trying too hard with all these discounts and specials we're creating. Think about it. What would your favorite restaurant need to do to convince you to come back? Not much, right? More than anything, you just need to remind your best guests that you still exist. And that's where a guy like Sergio Perez comes into play. Sergio is the head of Omnichannel for the regional chain Bojangles, and he's taken this regional brand and given them a national audience. If you're looking to get more digital FaceTime with your guests, then this is the guy to listen to. It actually
1: started on the US-Mexico border in a small town of Laredo, Texas. My parents were actually restaurateurs, So I actually grew up in a restaurant, everything from being a busboy to working my way up and ultimately getting my allowances from the family business. And to be honest, I never really thought that I would continue down that path. I saw how hard my parents worked in that business and realize the love and care for the food, the love and care for customers and people. And to me, candidly at the time, just felt like it was a lot of work. So I went to school, I was very interested in politics and government, went to school thinking, okay, I'm gonna do political science and go down that path. And you know, once you start to get into getting ready to graduate, a really good friend of mine his dad was one of the largest franchisees for Church's Chicken, and he was the president of sort of the Franchise Association, and he had an internship program between our university and Church's Chicken. So I had an opportunity to intern at Church's as a marketing intern, and that just really changed my worldview, particularly coming from a place where you know my parents are restaurateurs, and you saw the nitty-gritty of having to as a franchisee, if you will, or as the restaurateur to be HR and to be IT and to be operations and training. So walking into that corporate office and seeing that there's a method to the madness, right? Like somebody thought about the music that's playing in the lobby. Somebody thought about the napkins and the packaging and the menu. There's a true science to that. And I never really appreciated that. People typically come into a restaurant because they're hungry or they're looking to get together with friends or family. And I just fell in love with the fact that at that moment, I realized that we had a very special and unique opportunity to create meaningful experiences for people, right? You think about the busy mom who's picking up the kids from school and is looking for a quick fix for the family. You're thinking about the couple who's going out on a date. You're thinking about the friends who have not seen each other in a long time. And food has a very unique way of bringing people together and sort of being the enabler of experience. But you also think about the flip side. There's nothing more soul crushing than you being hungry on a rush and having an awful plate of food or somebody waiting 45 minutes to get serviced. It's absolutely soul crushing. So you think about the responsibility we have as restaurant people to deliver those consistent meaningful experiences for people. And that to me was just fascinating as a sort of mission in life when people ask me like, what do you do for a living? I, I'd like to say that I like to create memorable experiences for people through food because that's really what we do. So I fell in love with sort of that of the business with Churches, went back, graduated, got a call to start my role in field marketing. So I started as a field marketing coordinator in South Texas overseeing, at that point, church's largest uh, company-controlled DMA. And my sort of boss at the time ended up leaving Churches to become the chief marketing officer at Johnny Rockets, gotten by the name of Joe Bolger. And after about a year of him being there, he gave me a call and said, hey, I'm looking for a digital person to sort of bring us up to speed on the digital space here in Southern California. And he was a great mentor. He still is a great mentor and friend. And I didn't think twice. I said, what an opportunity for me to, you know, a kid from the border who otherwise sort of not had a shot to go work at an iconic brand in sunny Southern California. I mean, you can't write a script better than that, right? So I packed my bags, moved about... 1500 miles to the west coast and there i undertook really the digital transformation of the brand so from creating a social media strategy to doing paid digital advertising we were one of the first concepts to get on amazon restaurants which is now defunct but we were really kind of at the cutting edge of trying to get into the digital space and after being there for a couple years i got a Call to head to San Diego and a uh, soup and salad concept garden fresh restaurants which operated as soup plantation sweet tomatoes across you know mostly North Cal uh, SoCal and Florida and it was sort of a similar assignment so let's build the digital infrastructure they had a very strong loyalty program about two million subscribers and there I really learned sort of the craft and the appreciation of leveraging customer data to drive action it was very interesting how deploying the right message at the right time can actually drive to some action. So it was fascinating to be able to have, you know, you click a button and then things happen and you have people showing up at a restaurant, which was quite interesting. And then after being there for about two years, um, I was looking to come back home a little bit. And by home, I sort of meant the South part of the country. And there was a very interesting opportunity with a concept called Huddle House out of Atlanta. And the way I sort of connected to that role was a friend and colleague that I met at churches by the name of Paul McEnany, was on the agency side that churches, ended up whipping up his own agency, and he was the agency record for Hollow House. So they were looking for a head of digital to come in there, sort of connected me with the folks. And the theme you'll kind of see through my career that led to Bear Jangles is sort of. A, digitally transforming brands sort of from zero to something and really coming in building an infrastructure building a plan and then exiting if you will and what was very interesting about huddle house it operates in very rural america and very small sort of towns where the only place to really hang out is huddle house And it was very unique to think about sort of what does the digital transformation look like for Huddle House? And we built an app, we built online ordering capabilities, sort of the tried and true pieces of sort of the digital business. And then about nine months in, we announced the acquisition of Perkins Restaurant and Bakery. So we went from operating about 400 restaurants to picking up another 400 restaurants and I then became the head of digital for both brands. And it was interesting because while both brands had same DNA in terms of breakfast heavy, in terms of sort of being a diner, they couldn't be more different in terms of an urban brand versus more of a suburban brand and very different challenges. But... In the middle of this, COVID happens, right? And that changed the world for all of us. And this is not to you know, talk about unprecedented times like everybody talks about, but what it did to the industry was it created sort of the vastest, fastest innovation that this industry's ever seen. I think if you look at the restaurant industry, service is at the core of what we do, but innovation has also been at the core of what we've done, whether it's economic challenges, whether it's Whatever this country and the world has thrown to this industry, it's been resilience, right? And it's been the ingenuity of people in the back of the house finding better ways of making recipes or technology innovation, which is sort of the way we're in now. And it was, for me, a very proud moment to see how the industry came together in such solidarity to find actionable solutions to stay up float. Right. And for us, what that meant was rolling out my delivery capabilities, online ordering. But we also did something very unique where Huddle House was a self distributed model, meaning that we sort of distributed food to our restaurants and everybody bought eggs and bacon from the company. So we whipped up what we called Huddle Market and we basically started grocery stores in our restaurants. And while you couldn't get toilet paper, which was wild. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I still don't understand why there was such a demand for toilet paper at the time. But things like bacon, things like eggs, sort of basic necessities, you couldn't get out of grocery stores. So Huddle House became sort of a place where we're seeing people come in and buy two, three, four hundred dollars $400 worth of groceries. And that really, it, for lots of franchisees, nonetheless, the company was a real lifeline in terms of continuing to drive revenue when at a time where people weren't leaving their homes where there was uncertainty about you know what will happen um, it was such a unique time frame but those were the sort of solutions and the innovation that the sort of industry saw in terms of finding a way out of this and so about a year into that exercise I lost my father and anytime you sort of go through any sort of meaningful piece of life you just sort of think about am i doing the right thing am i at the right place you sort of question life a little bit and at that time i had decided i was living in atlanta at the time and decided to get an apartment in san antonio sort of get closer to home and try to sort life out and during that time frame i got a call from a recruiter to talk to me about this great opportunity at bojangles and Having worked at churches before, we always held Bojangos in high regard in terms of their great legacy brand operated well, they had great food. And for me, it felt like a very unique opportunity to work again at a big legacy brand, but what was stunning to me was that, you know, we just celebrated 45 years this year and they didn't have online ordering, they didn't have a sizable database to be able to talk to consumers. The website was about six years old. There's just lots of opportunities in terms of table stakes, things that brands are doing in order to engage consumers in a meaningful way, in order to create larger distribution, to create accessibility to food. And so for me, I thought sort of all the experiences I've had in terms of building and building and building couldn't come at a sort of better time to do it for a legacy brand that operates 800 units across the southeast that has such a sort of rich history and roots in what it means to be sort of a good restaurant brand what i mean by that is sort of being a good neighbor contributing to the communities in which you serve you know doing food the right way and i'm sure we'll get to talk about this here in a minute but Like we have stoves in our back of the house. Like we make biscuits every 20 minutes from scratch. We make tea from scratch. Like there's sort of a loving care to the food that I felt, how can we sell more of that quickly through digital? And how do we create that accessibility for consumers there? So anyway, it's been 20 months now in this right at Bojangles and sort of I've won from working in QSR chicken to fast casual burger to buffet to family dining to hopefully not the culmination of my restaurant career but sort of the main opening act in terms of bringing all those experiences to help elevate and redefine the way consumers are thinking about Bojangles and experiencing the brand so I just feel incredibly lucky and fortunate to be on a brand like this with a bit of a whiteboard to figure out how we Change the conversation with this brand. Seeing what was possible and going from good to great, you're gonna learn something. Hearing different perspectives from different people in the group have inspired ideas or concepts that I've used since then that there's no way I would have ever come up with on my own.
0: You pull it out of us as much as possible.
1: When the well is dry, you pour
0: a bucket in there and then tell us, now get it out. We could have be just as lost as when we started if all we got was, here's how to do it, go. These folks are independent restaurateurs just like you, but they have one massive advantage that you don't. They have a proven plan. I'm launching my next Restaurant Marketing Mastermind that brings together 12 owners and operators looking to massively scale revenue by working with me and by working with each other. This mastermind is so effective, we offer a money-back guarantee. So if you're interested in scaling your restaurant's revenue with a program that is guaranteed to work, apply today at restaurantmarketingmastermind.com. Again, that's restaurantmarketingmastermind.com. You might think being on the line and killing those tickets is the thing you need to do for your restaurant, but every burger you make is a marketing call or video that you didn't make to drive more sales into your restaurant to make things better. I think the conversation is changing, especially as it relates to Bojangles. I'm Southern, so like I'm very familiar with Bojangles, but a lot of people in many parts of the country weren't until I feel like you got started and you really began to focus on Turning Bojangles from a regional brand into a national brand. I see that. I see that there are conversations around it, that there's brand awareness in areas where there are no restaurants. Talk to me about that. You are the senior director of Omni Channel. And granted, your purview is wide, but what channels do you think are of greatest value to restaurants today?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. When we have a bit of a cult following, and it's Europe. Uh very lucky to work for a brand that has that kind of sort of love and passion but for us and really for any restaurant i think the table stakes things we got to do is one you need to have distribution to create accessibility to food and what that means is how can people order online for some restaurants that might be delivery that might be sort of the quickest path in which you can create some incrementality and reach more consumers for some brands might be just Online ordering for some brands, it might be curbside, but I think having the ability for consumers to order and access your food without having to come into the restaurant, is critical in terms of how consumers are changing behavior and how they're expecting convenience to really be a king in terms of how do I get in and out and enjoy the rest of my life without having to fuss around sitting in a drive through sitting in a restaurant, waiting to get served the second and probably the most important and what will continue to become more important is any sort of data capture that you might have so for us as a big enterprise whether it's a loyalty program whether it's a customer data platform but if you're sort of a local mom and pop restaurant like think about creating a mailchimp account right like how can you start to access customer data to, one, understand how they engage and transact with your brand, but also how you can leverage how they engage with you to really deliver meaningful, relevant communications to actually drive an action. Like Oftentimes, people think about an action always has to be a sell. The way we think about this is we talk about generating demand, and generating demand for us, it's yeah, it could be you walking into a restaurant. Yeah, it could be you placing an order online, but it could be you liking a post on Facebook. That could be you downloading an app. That could be you giving us a shout out online. It's those sort of moments and engagement pieces that sort of build closer relationships between a brand and their customers, but ultimately lead to sort of this higher customer lockdown value that Ultimately, I think the goal is like, how do you make every customer feel like a regular? And I think a really strong data operation allows you to do that because if you walk in and say, hey, Josh, it's good to see you, are you gonna have that Cajun filet biscuit again? Versus you walking in and saying, oh, what can I serve you today? It changes that whole experience. And with hospitality being at the core of what this industry is about, That makes such a big difference in terms of how you drive, again, that that engagement, that relevance and that hospitality that's going to make the difference between somebody wanting to stop by your restaurant and somebody going across the street to someone else.
0: Absolutely. I think especially in this tier of dining, what people want in all tiers of dining um, and what they get in fine dining that they typically don't get in fast, casual, casual and fast food is that feeling of being seen, of being known, of being understood and appreciated. And yes, I've been in before. and Yes, that's what I ate before. And yes, I would love to get it again. And I think something else that you touched on that I think it's important to reiterate is, what does it take to convince someone to go back to their favorite restaurant? Typically, just a touch point, just a reminder. Whether it's a billboard, a text message, a digital ad, a social media post, so many of us are failing to reach people on an omni channel level. And I think that what you said really highlights the importance of it. It's not about asking people to come back as much as it's simply reminding them that you exist.
1: For sure. And it's about relationship, right? Like my worldview has always been that it's easy to look at a PL or look at a dashboard and pull some data, but behind those numbers are people, right? And it's about building relationship. And I've always thought of it. you know, people always talk about the customer journey. I really like to talk about it in terms of the hunger journey, because when you think about the role we fill is to feed the communities that we serve, right? Whether you're fine dining or you are QSR, our conversion points are around hunger periods, right? Whether it's breakfast, the snack period, lunch or dinner. So how do you deliver a relevant touch point or or gentle reminder of what's it like to take a bite out of that food? What's it like to sit in that restaurant and have a great conversation with a friend or family member? And more and more, while digital can feel scary and feel like there's automation and AI and sort of kind of robots in the back, it is how do you humanize the digital interaction to, If a customer is not going to step in your four walls ever again because they just want to order online or get delivery, how can you deliver your brand promises and your brand equities through digital touch points to make sure that, hey, this is what we stand for. This is who we are. This is what it feels like. So for us, when we think about developing digital products, is how do we create those little nudges and those animations that give you a sense of warmth and friendliness and hospitality and sort of easy city use, and how do you use language and content that feels human versus an AI tool, choosing a piece of text and an image and saying, okay, this is what we think you will respond to. So I think the crossroads that you're saying right now in terms of, it feels like it's a bit of an arms race in terms of everybody's trying to build their capabilities and everybody's talking about omnichannel. But What we can forget is that people are at the center of it and that we have to be genuine in our approach to engage people in a meaningful, personal way without being too gimmicky. Like the industry right now feel like it's in a bit of a transitionary period to recognizing that, yeah, you have all these data points available. Yeah, you've got these touch points available, but how do you make them work in unison to create a more meaningful relationship with the customer, to be able to actually um, create that crave and that desire to say, I'm going to go to that restaurant because they make me feel like a regular, because the experience is always best in class, because I have a great time, because whatever that blank is for you, how do you ensure that you're delivering that through any single channel in a consistent way, in a timely manner to make sure that you can get the most out of That consumer.
0: And I think the central philosophy here is, and you've talked about it publicly before, having a customer mindset as opposed to a transactional mindset. Can you unpack that a bit for me?
1: Yeah. So I think it's always, particularly on the big enterprise brand side, that's always the biggest thing that we all talk about is comp sales, right? What were sales yesterday versus a year ago? and drive transactions, drive transactions, and that's great. I think we have a responsibility to drive the business, but when you forget that those transactions are people and that we need to be genuine in how we engage people, we have to create solutions, not just digital solutions, but in restaurant solutions for people, I think it changes your worldview a little bit because when you say, oh, I wanna drive one more transaction, Versus you saying, I need to invite Josh back to come to the restaurant for a great experience. I think that fundamentally changes the way you approach it, right? Because if you just think about it as a number versus a person, I think you lose the magic of what this industry is about, right? You lose the magic of hospitality, of creating again those moments where people have are celebrating a birthday or a special occasion or For us, at Bo, one of the things that's very unique and interesting is when people come back to the Carolinas, you see it on social media, they say, oh, I'm finally home. I stopped at the Bojangles. It means something to take a bite of that Cajun filet. And that's not a transaction. That is a human being who has been craving and desiring to come back home and have that experience. And I feel like you can get more value from a transaction if you treat it as a human versus just another number on a piano.
0: You referred to Bojangles as a legacy brand. And Lord knows, especially prior to you getting there, they were doing a lot of tried and true things in a very old way. I think that few things symbolize their emergence into popular culture, like like their journey into Web3 and into the NFT space. I'm curious to know, because... Lord knows that that wasn't done to increase profits or to be a more financially viable company. When you guys do stuff like that, what's the goal? What does success look like?
1: Yeah. So I think how we think about those, and those are what we call punch above our weight moments. And for us, part of the secret sauce is how do you find the intersection between relevance and culture and helping grow brand equity right so these moments for us signify an opportunity to tap into at the right time what consumers are talking about putting that Bojango seasoning on it if you will and creating these moments where we can get exposure both from sort of a national press perspective but that will also look to attract consumers who might have not thought about Bojangos in the past right so for us, this NFT project was an opportunity for us to, how we executed this, is we worked with local artists to develop these NFT collection, because at the core of what we wanted to do was get back to the community. So we all the proceeds went to the artist. But it also allowed us to enter a conversation in a space where an NFT or a cryptocurrency user... It's not your typical Bojangles consumer, right? It is, you know, not even remotely closed, but it is about how do we create distribution and how do we create accessibility for the brand through new channels? So whether it's the NIL, you know, we're one of the first brands to sign NIL athletes, whether it's this NFT play, we have found opportunities within culture in a timely fashion to be able to get exposure to new audiences. That have really helped, I think, reshape and change the conversation around this legacy brand that has been around for 45 years. That we can be cool and we can be hip. And the overarching success of this for us is: Are we gaining points from a brand equity and credibility perspective? Are we attracting new users, particularly what we call you know social suburbanites? Are we attracting sort of that? newer, younger, tech-savvy audience, it is not a race, it's a marathon, right? So we're going to need a couple of these moments to be able to get that credibility and be able to track these new audiences.
0: Sergio, you're the child of independent restaurateurs, and you've worked for some of the most prolific brands in the industry. And I think we both know that the industry is filled with unspoken rules and traditions about how things should be done. And I see you out there redefining and breaking so many of those rules. How would you like to see the industry turn the tables to create a better future for all of us?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And my POV and sort of my passion, and I can talk about this at length, is sort of this arm race around loyalty. And I'm very passionate about this in terms of you know, it all started with the e-club in the 90s, right? Everybody had those slips, you signed them in, send them in. Then it turned into the e-club, right? Everybody raced, everybody had an e-club. And then now everybody's in this loyalty space where it all looks and feels the same. Every sort of app you download, every program you look at feels and looks the same. And particularly around things like points and surprise and delight, but again, talking about people, what is the value of a point to a consumer? What is sort of the mathematical gymnastics that you have to do to equate what the value of those things are? So for me, I think what the industry could do to be better and sort of build a better, brighter future is as we're thinking about any digital program, whether that's loyalty, whether that's order ahead, whether that's delivery thing, or whether that be an NFT thing or whatever the next thing is, is we can forget our roots and where we came from, which is about serving people consistently with good service, consistently with high quality food and with that personal touch of hospitality. I mean, it is critical that we don't forget sort of where this industry came from. And I think really recognizing that the restaurant experience of the future is no longer just around the four walls and it no longer sort of starts and stops when somebody eats your product so it is how do you continue to humanize the accelerated digital transformation that this industry is going through to make sure that we just don't forget that we have people on the other side that we have stomachs to fill and ultimately that is our kind of core responsibility with again not forgetting that you know, food should do more than make you full. And it's not just about fulfilling that hunger state, but it's about bringing people together. It's around cultivating relationships and family and friendship. And in a time where you feel like everything is getting so digitally and so sort of online and disconnected, restaurants are one of the last sort of beacons of actual human interaction that we have to sort of safeguard and protect because This is where community happens, and I feel like as an industry, we're starting to get too focused on digital, 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 but it's people, it's community, it's bringing people together, and it's service, and we can forget that as we continue to build digital capabilities.
0: That's Sergio Perez. For more on Bojangles, visit Bojangles.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Copel. You've been listening to Full Comp.